Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? Uh, I'm Jared Welch, he's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, January 25th, and hey, happy Eclipse Awards night in this. Blinkers off. What's up, man? That's right. Yes, Eclipse Awards. I am not watching, so <laughs> somebody will have to give us updates on we're that. Gonna go walk out, just, we're going to stay on here the whole night, until we're gonna, and we're going to update every award. That's what we're doing on today's show. It's pivot from the Pegasus. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know it was the Eclipse Awards until you just told me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know it was either until I... Saw Brittany Erton live on Instagram, and she was all like dolled up at the, you know, at the, and I'm like, oh, it's tonight. So, and I guess I should remember that because it's usually Pegasus. Like, isn't it usually Pegasus? It is, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I just don't give two shits about it. I guess. So. No, no, me neither. And um, it's nice, you know, if you're if you're gonna get a award tonight, good good job. That is nice. I mean, that is something for sure. But. I think, uh, yeah, the majority of us that kind of follow it kind of know what that is. And, you know, if you enjoy it, don't don't make us or don't let us make you feel bad for it. That's fine. But that's just not something I've been interested in for a while. And to be completely honest, even though I was super happy the year Zenyatta won the horse of the year, it was also kind of like I learned what the Eclipse Awards were because she wins horse of the year over Blame and Blame beats her head to head at the track at the Breeders' Cup. And it's like, yeah, we don't really give it to the best horses, do we? Yeah, I got your message here. I'm trying. To... Yeah, your mic's oh, totally not on. <laughs> can you, like, is this sound like I'm in a? Uh... Yeah. What is the setting here? I um... don't know. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> you know, you sound fine, but you don't sound like your normal self. So, I'll I'll entertain the people with more eclipse talk. So, if you are watching it tonight, feel free to chime in on what's going on and we will we will say okay hey he won she won that's great you know that's usually what we do i guess it's probably starting i bet it starts at six so all right so i will entertain for a while here yeah so jared with mic problems oh well it's not a big show or anything no big deal yeah we are going to talk about the pegasus today obviously and all three of the pegasi i guess uh, the pegasus world cup pegasus world cup turf and the philly mayor pegasus world cup philly mayor turf so Three big races, obviously, today. Going to be fun to kind of see what everybody thinks about that. I know the chats have been pretty lively for Magic Mike and for uh, the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. We talked about it a little bit as well. Big day down at Gulfstream. And, yeah, don't forget, we got the big concert at the Pegasus as well. So make sure to check that out if you're going to Gulfstream this weekend. So it's it really sets up to be something nice, right? Because we've got, whether you love the Pegasus, hate the Pegasus, whatever, it is a huge day of racing. You can't argue it. It's going to get a ton of money. There's going to be huge pools. There, to me, are races where their long shots are going to be able to come in and run, you know, and, and get you paid in some of the sequences. So it's really huge. And then next week, four prep races, four Kentucky Derby prep races. That's also amazing. You know, we, we with the Southwest canceled uh, this weekend and moved to next weekend. I kind of like that because it doesn't get lost in the shuffle of the Pegasus. It can kind of be celebrated with those other ones. So, you know, back to back huge weekends here. And I think not, maybe not for me because, you know, I'm in it every single day racing, but for a lot of people that are like, maybe took a break, 
they're kind of back now because they're saying, hey, th this is huge racing. This is what we really want to see. This is what we're into, these big time races. And and I, I get it, man. You know, the Pegasus, we've, we've just seen it from our, you know, numbers just on our website. Uh, gosh, people are excited again. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, maybe it's just me on the show today. We'll see. Uh, Jared has disappeared. So uh, it's your worst nightmare. I'm a solo show. So anyway, lots of talk about Pegasus World Cup. And um, look, I think it's going to be super interesting uh, this year. I, I, I do think there are two heavy favorites, obviously, but there there's going to be other ways you can go with this. There's Jared. He's back. How about, is it better? A thousand percent better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I don't know what happened. And I actually had to go uh, to my backup. I, you know, like the, I go to the USB portion of the mic. I don't know. Maybe, maybe huh. something's wrong with my, cause we have like these legit mics that are like, you know, like, like the real mic, you know, connectors. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's the deal with that. Maybe it's, um, I don't know. But anyways, I we have a backup option. So, yeah, it's a professional show, guys. So what I miss? Um, not much. I've already set up the show, so I think we can get we can do it. <laughs> See, it's worked out perfectly. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did did you address the the sling on your arm at all? Uh, no, I mean, most people saw it throughout the day. We've talked about it. So, yeah. I mean, we can, we can talk about it after the, the Pegasus, I guess. I mean, it's, uh, everyone just needs to know he's okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody saw the, I put the picture up, uh, on the, uh, dudes who bet sports show today. So yeah, people, cause you tell the story and people are like, I don't understand. And then, so you have the, you know, you just gotta show them. Yeah, so when he told me, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. And then I saw the, I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're lucky he's alive, let's be honest. You know, I talked to one guy. Believe it or not, this happens to people. Like, uh, three or four people at the doctor's office was like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Which was like, that's crazy. But anyway, I talked to one guy that fell all the way through, like, to the floor. And he broke his pelvis. Oh, shit. And it was like, I, they didn't think I would walk again type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, could be worse. You know, a broken arm is not fun, but I wouldn't, like I told people earlier today, don't feel like, feel sorry for me or anything. Like it really, it does not hurt whatsoever unless I move it past like a certain, you know, spot, which is not very far. Like I can't really use it, but it doesn't really hurt unless I, I, I move it too far. Hey, Kevin says thoughts and prayers to Mrs. Halterman. Yeah. Deal with this guy for six weeks. She and she's like, um, she worked in surgery for a long time. She still does work for that company. So she's got she's got it down. She's definitely making sure I don't slack off on what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's like I think the best, you know, it's like, hey, I just have to rest. It's like, oh, I got it's hurting. Just gotta go rest. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> I mean, do you ice it? No, no. They just said don't, just, just you know, no, don't move it and keep it in a sling. And then every once in a while, I'll take the sling off and do like light ex exercises with like your wrist and your uh, elbow, just to make sure those don't like lock up on you, basically. Um, but no, nothing else. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think once it heals, I'll be okay. I, I don't. We haven't. I haven't seen the actual specialist yet, so we'll see. I had a um, a uh, an injury the other day that I I, didn't, I have not told you about either. So um, okay, but it, mine 
you know, if it, it seemed worse at the time than it turned out to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, last week or no, maybe it was two, two weeks ago. I was cooking dinner for the boys, and I had baked chicken or I cooked chicken like in this on like in a skillet type thing, like raw chicken, and then you you cook it and you kind of like sear it, and then you stick it in you know uh, in the oven to bake for like twenty minutes or whatever. And yeah. so I just put the pan in there, you know, the whole skillet. Like I just put it in there. So never, you know, you know, goes off. It's done. I take it out with the mitt, you know, of the mitts and all that good stuff. I set it on the on the thing, and I'm like fixing their plates, like just not even thinking and distracted. I grab the pan Ooh. with the handle, you know, to to grab it to, and then uh-huh. oh, dude, it. I, I blistered up. I have one spot still left that I thought yeah. I was like, but at the time I was like, am I? Am I, <laughs> I'm like running around the house, going oh and co. And Cohen is like, oh, oh, dad, oh, dad. Yeah, that looks like it hurts. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Oh, and it's one of those things, you know. You, you know, we had to run out and get some like cream and stuff for it, just because it doesn't stop hurting. You know, it just kind of. Yep. But that, I mean, you know, that burns for days. It was uh, it was bad, but uh, you know, like it. Uh, it turned out not to be what I felt was what's the worst. Is it first degree? It's third degree. No, it was not third degree. It's probably first degree burns. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know the the degrees, but yeah, I survived Ugh. the end of the story Ugh. is, but yeah. Um, we're getting old Halterman. We're becoming more fragile. We're becoming more, uh, uh, just more vulnerable. I feel like to these, these stupid injuries. So yeah, doc, I, I talked to doc about it and he told me, look, like, when you turn 40, he said, I'm not kidding you. Like you, you gotta be more careful with yourself. You, it's like, you just can't do some of the things that you, you could do when you're in your twenties or thirties. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of feeling that like you're upstairs in an attic and you roll your ankle and you're going through the ceiling and it's like, how did this happen? I just went up here to check on my heater. You know what I mean? It's like, what? yeah. So well, yeah. I think the problem is, and at least for me too, it's like in my mind, I feel like it's not a deal. Like I can do it. Correct. Like that's fine. I can make that jump. I can, you know, whatever. And but <laughs> you know, your mind and your body here are are not on the same page right now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, Doc, Kevin said Doc had to bring out his patient voice. Yeah, I like. I text him the day I got an MRI and of course he calls me immediately and yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much was like, look, you're going to have to do what they say. <laughs> you know, like, like this could be really bad because we didn't know what it was yet. And he's like, you know, you're, you, you're going to have to do whatever they say and you're going to have to start taking it easy, you know? So yeah, he did. He did give me a little bit of a lecture. I appreciated it though. It's like that. I think it was Tom Segura. I don't remember if it, which stand up one. I think it was his though, where he's talking about how like, uh you know like when you're like up until you're like 40 or maybe maybe it was i don't know anyways but up till you're 40 you you know you just go to the doctor you're just like what are you like come on like what are you doing like you know you're in and out two seconds and then after you get to 40 it's like the door closes behind you now we got to sit down and talk about all the shit that's wrong with you and the things that could go wrong with you you know then you got to get the colonoscopy and all this shit you know and it's like oh so it's like the 40 i feel like is and you just turn 40 so Yep. That's your threshold now, and that's all downhill for you. I know, I know. I, I could, I could tell because I went to my regular doctor for like the the X ray, you know, and that was a weird thing. The break did not show up on the X ray. It, it took an MRI 
to find it. So it was very strange. But anyway, I could just tell the way they were talking to me. They were like, yeah, they're treating me different. I used to like, they're, they're sitting me down and saying, okay, now this is what you can do and what you can't. And it's like, yeah, this sucks. So, <laughs> and they're off in the Pegasus world cup, Philly and Meritor Saturday. We have the Pegasus world cup. What number is this? Anybody know like, like how many years have we actually had the Pegasus? Um, like I think it's seven. Seven. Okay, that was close. Yeah. Uh, the seventh annual. Let's call it. Is it annual? I guess Pegasus World Cup. We got three Pegasus World Cup races. Uh, to to go over tonight. Obviously, huge card at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. The Pegasus World Cup betting bible is available now at RacingDudes.com. So it's back. If you if you played along in the Breeders' Cup, you obviously did very very well. Halterman and I killed it. We're back giving our picks, our our bets for every single race. Uh, throughout the whole card on Saturday at Goldstream Park. Top four picks from everyone at RacingDudes.com as well. Uh, pick fours, pick fives, all those kind of plays, pay, uh, pace kind of analysis of how we think for each race is going to line up. So make sure you go get that at RacingDudes.com uh, on the products page. You get the Pegasus wagering or the Pegasus betting Bible uh, available now. All right, guys, let's kick things off. With uh, so, but yeah, obviously, the betting bubble is covering every race, every detailed race, every you know, there's a ton of racing uh, on the day, but we're going to cover over the three Pegasus World Cup races uh, on tonight's show. And we'll start with race number 10, and that is, of course, the Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mayor Turf. Uh, great too now this year, worth five hundred thousand dollars going one one sixteenth miles on the turf for four Phillies and Mayor's four year olds and up. Uh, field of 12, well, 13, but with an also eligible field of 12 will likely run. You got five to two on star fortress who kind of broke out last that last race and looked incredible. Uh, nine to two on fluffy socks. You kind of got the Chad, a couple Chad Browns to pick from. You got Didier, who's probably the class of the race. Not, a, not a terrible field really. And I think really what kind of came down for me, Haltzman is when I, when I went through this is like, if you believe enough in star fortress's performance last time out, because if you do, it's probably going to be hard to beat her here. Yeah. I think that's what you got. You got to start with. Are you going to go with the the flash of star fortress? Are you going to go more of the class of maybe a Didia or, you know, I guess of like a fluffy socks type, you know, somebody like that, because you're right. I mean, the race uh, Star Fortress ran last time out was very good. Um, it was better than anything we'd really seen from that horse uh, or her whole career. But it was also her first race in the United States, first race for uh, Cherie DeVoe. So a lot to like. I At the end of the day, I, I was skeptical that maybe she could repeat that effort. I think this is a much tougher field. You know, that field of Churchill Downs that day was pretty short. And then also you kind of look at it and go, um, look, it's Churchill Downs. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Most of the good turf horses are not there. That turf at Churchill is kind of funky how it plays anyway. So there are some signs that maybe that's a little bit of a fool's gold type of race. However, you can't, you just, you know, you can't discount the fact she did run awfully well there, but I decided to go against her because she's going to be what I think is a pretty strong favorite. I think the number nine Diddy is the play. That's who I ended up going with on top here. Very classy horse, you know, even at the Breeders' Cup when she finished 10th, she was only beaten a little over four links. I think you can count on her to come with a run here. Um, most of her races she does. I think Didia is a little more proven, so I went number nine Didia on top. Yeah, it's uh, – for Didia, she – yeah, that's a, it's a tricky one because they, like it was a huge group of them coming – 
right in that Pegasus or in, in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Philly Mare Turf, we're in Spiral and Warm Heart, which we'll talk about Warm Heart here in a second. But yeah, I mean, she brings her run every time. Six to one, I think, is probably a little high um, given her class. Maybe it goes a little bit down. But yeah, I mean, I think the way I kind of approached it was I think she's going to be tough. I loved the fact of that last race from Star Fortress that Saez was aboard. Um, the horse just, I mean, ran a 104 buyer, just a monster number, and then Saez is back to ride again. Sherry DeVoe, I mean, obviously, had, uh, we you know we know all about her, but uh, you know, the, having you know when she kind of has a horse like this, it, they they tend to run well. Um, so I think that was a legit race but you also have the fact of you know that was in november so you know what is the horse going to be now as a five-year-old um off that little bit of a layoff but to me it gave me a lot of confidence that that saez came you know stayed aboard yeah i definitely and i i don't know why he would get off though i mean this is a this is a horse that i mean it's a favorite for this race so i I, it makes sense that he would stay on this horse and Look, I, I think that's a definitely a, a positive for sure. But uh, I, I just, I still think, you know, Star Fortress, if she runs back to that kind of race, it's probably going to be tough to beat her. I, I just have my doubts. So I, I that's where I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go Didia. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if Star Fortress wins this thing. And look, I, if you want to keep going on some other ones I, that I, I, I kind of want to get involved. I thought the six Ruby now would be very interesting in this spot as well. Okay. Tell me more. I like the early speed on this track. I think this, this horse is going to definitely be the one that gets out in front. I know she's had trouble finishing races in the past when she goes a little longer. I just think a mile and 16th at Gulfstream, If she gets the lead, I think she's going to scare some people. If they leave her off, I, I think Ruby Ruby now can get out to the lead and take them a long ways. I'll give you one more, uh, or at least for my, that's kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about as far as how I'm going to play her, but I do think she's interesting. If that get anywhere in the ballpark of 10 to one, that's number 11 mission of joy. You go back and watch that, that QAE two cup that was, she ran really well that day and she had not ran really well after she had ran really well for a while, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that was like kind of her, she got it, little, got it back a little bit. You know, remember Maj won that race who, I mean, did everything, but you know, just was an, inc- an incredible horse, right? Uh, has been incredible. was, is, and was a kind of horse. Mm-hmm. I thought she ran really well. And now again, that was going to mile and eight. She's cutting back a little bit. Mission of joy. I, to me, she's interesting and I don't, know if she can do it here but getting a piece of this thing at at a price i think is totally possible for her yeah you know i i've been on record many times on all of our shows or youtube or whatever or even in writing i never can really get the grand motion horses right i i always am a race late or a race early on them and it, it, it's a mess right and mission of joy fits that to a t I, I totally agree. I think you look at what she did last time out. I mean, that kind of race is awfully good and it could, it could compete here for sure, especially at 10 to one. She does have races that really aren't very good on the, on the past performances too. I mean, you would, you kind of alluded to a couple of them, but uh, I kind of scratch my head sometimes with, with motion horses. I really don't know when they're going to fire. Um, 
I stayed away from her, but that's probably a good sign for those that like her. Yeah, I mean, she was she was pretty damn strong. I mean, in fact, she ran her biggest race uh, of her career, if you go by numbers wise, and it and frankly wasn't that close last time out. So, um, you know, Velasquez aboard that day is back on the mount here. Uh, let's see, Curtis thinks I think it was Curtis that said that. Yeah, Sister Luann will be second. So, tell me, what do you think about the Safi Joseph? Safi's got a ton of horses running on Saturday throughout the card, but. Tell me about this, Safi Joseph, Sister Luann. Well, I, I I don't know if you mean second at the wire or second on the backstretch. And I I think the horse will play a part of the of the speed for sure. Um, look, ran okay in the local prep for this one, and uh, I I don't think projects to get too great of a trip. Uh, you know, definitely not the trip she got last time out where she was alone on the lead. So I look, Safi's got like you said, he's got a lot of horses at big prices on this card, you know, especially in the big stakes races. And I don't like a lot of them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know last year he was a big swing and miss. I don't really take that into account this year. Every year's different, but a lot of his horses looked a little overmatched to me, including this one. I, I think we, at least she deserves at least a mention because she did win the race last year. So we'll at least mention her number eight queen goddess came in, obviously this race into this race last year, a much different horse than she is now. Uh, she's, she hasn't won a race, frankly, since she won that Pegasus race. And then, yeah, I mean, she's ran up against, you know, she went straight to grade one company out of that race and deservedly so. But she has not won one. She's ran a little bit better. She had ran a little bit better. Uh, and then that last race, she was just an absolute no-show in the matriarch. What do you, I mean, is there any hope with her getting back to Gulfstream Park? She likes the distance. Could you see her doing it, you know, a repeat here, even though she has not been as uh, as good as she was going into it last year? Yeah, this is a tough one to figure. And this is one you liked last year. I think it was your top pick last year, last year actually. Yeah, uh, it was four to one. Yeah. And the way she won that, and I know you re you remember it, but just for people that maybe that don't, it was a pretty dominant win. Like it was like they rounded the corner. It's like, oh, that's a winner, easy winner. I am shocked at how bad yeah. she's been since. Okay, look, you went to the Jenny Wiley. Hey, that's a really, really tough race, right? You should have ran better than six beat nine, but look, it's tough. It's Keeneland. It's a totally different ball game. I get it. You go home, you're four to five, you lose, beating a length. You take some time off. You're back at home again. You're even money. You lose. It, and you're losing the horses there at home at Santa Anita that you probably shouldn't lose to. They're not awful, but you probably should beat them, right? And then last time out back at Del Mar, really not much of an effort. So wouldn't be, like, completely shocked because I do think this race is pretty wide open, but I, I can't really back her this year. Well, the thing about it, too, that was so impressive from her uh, with her last year was that you know, she was going into now she had won off of it, but she had really looked impressive out West um, yeah. going kind of gate to wire. And she set off of it, pounced. And just like you said, just crushed them down the lane in, in the Pegasus. And you're like, wow. I mean, I thought she, I picked her to win, but I was like, she looked even better than I expected her to win. And then you yeah. kind of expected, wow, what are we going to see from her? You know, the rest of this year, what is she? And, and yeah, she's been a complete, you know, like you said, just a just a dud really um so it i'm with you I, i'm probably gonna just if she wins she beats me here this year as a, as opposed to last year um but at the same time like 
if she wins, I'm not going to be sitting there saying, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she did it. I can't, I mean, it's, it's not like it's, you know, would be yeah. the craziest thing ever. What about any of the Chad, uh, the Chad Brown horses? Are you, you know, chili flag or, or what about fluffy socks? Fluffy socks to me is the one I, I had a hard time with just because it's like if, if Chad Brown and Ira Ortiz beat me, it's like, you idiot. I mean, you, yeah. you got any, nine to two, but I don't know. What, what are you doing with fluffy socks? Uh, I hate that horse really. Um, because by the it's way, always- she's another one that's been not she didn't win this race, but she's been one of those horses that is all year kind of disappointed. It, she's just the type that runs good enough. She's like the the turf female version of like Senor Buscador, where she's always like last. She always comes running with a big move, and it's like, oh man, that's so close. She ran so yeah. good, but <laughs> she never really wins. And then when you leave her off, that's when she does win. I, I think it's like an on-the-board finisher. I don't know that she'll go, go all the way up and win. I, I did use her as a fourth horse on a ticket, but I, I'm not sure on, on that one. And Chili Flag, the two-horse, I actually really like that horse, but I, I thought it was a pretty bad sign. Irad was yeah. on Fluffy Socks instead of Chili Flag. And look, Flavian Pride gets aboard. That's great, and, and I don't think that's going to hurt the horse, but... Irad ha- had to have his choice there, and he chose fluffy socks. The way it looks like to me. Yeah, and if you, and if you're not a big believer in fluffy socks, what does that tell you about the other one? So it makes it tricky. I I agree with you. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on. First or final picks for this race, Halterman. Uh, you're going with the nine Didia, and I'm going to go the four Star Fortress. And make, again, if you want to know exactly how we're going to, you know, I'm not playing a win bet, for instance, in this race. If you want to find out exactly how I'm playing the race, uh, make sure you go check out the betting Bible that's available now at racingdudes.com. All right, let's go. Uh, race 11, by the way. Good race. Fred Hooper with Jazzy. Um, but we're going to skip that here and talk to go to race 11 and talk about the Pegasus World Cup turf. Pegasus World Cup turf. Grade one worth a million dollars. You want a mile and eighth. Um, for four year olds and up, uh, typically for the boys, but look who shows up here. Number nine, Warm Heart. The last time most people remember or saw this horse was at the Breeders' Cup, finishing second to an amazing run in spiral. My biggest bet, uh, or biggest cash of the of the Breeders' Cup two days. So obviously I will never forget Warm Heart, but man, the fact that Aiden brings her here. That's kind of what I wrote in, in the uh, in the Bible. It's like, I, I think the fact that she is showing up here in this race tells you really all you need to know about her chances in the race. Yeah, look, I, I, I really just believe she's better than this group. I mean, you, you look at the race she ran at the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Turf. If she runs that race, they're not beating her. And I it's just that simple, and I'm a 1,000% confident in that. I mean, she was so good at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, in spiral came over here as one of the best horses in the world. And it took everything for that horse to catch warm heart. And if you go back, you watch that race, the last 50 yards of that race, there's nothing better than that. Um, You know, warm heart is starting to separate from the pack and really showing a great burst. And then here comes in spiral and got her late. I mean, it, it was really a breathtaking last few seconds of that race. And, so you fast forward to this situation and oh, by the way, she went over and faced the boys over in Japan in a really tough race and got third 
and ran extremely well. I, I just think she's way, way, way the class of this field. I, I don't mind the number three integration at all. I, I think Masterpiece, the number eight horse, can jump up here and run better. Web Slinger, you know, maybe that horse, King Max, like, but come on. Like, if Warm Heart shows up with her top effort, this the, they do not stack up to her here. So, and the other thing about it, she got a perfect trip at the Breeders' Cup. Explain to me how she won't get that trip here. This looks like a perfect sit behind two or three speed horses in the pocket and then go get them. Yeah, you 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 talked about it, and yeah, that like that that uh, Hong Kong race is like was like it's like a three million dollar race. Yeah, or you know, it's a big time race, and 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 so not only that, but I, I think it shows you what they. I mean, you run you run her in the Breeders' Cup, you run a neck, you know, no time off, you go right to that race. Now you come here they obviously really like this horse and uh, to, to kind of run, you know, bring her, and by the way, she's running against the boys here. Right. So it tells mm-hmm. you as well, what they think about her. Um, yeah. I just, I, I kind of had the same logic as you. Uh, I was kind of looking, it's like, okay, well you're telling me that a Hadmo or web slinger or a, a tone or, you know, any of the main event, yeah. whatever, like that, they, that they're going to be warm heart. I just, I, in that, I mean, it's like, it's one of those cases where I, I think the field is other than maybe the three integration, which we'll talk about in a second is not, is, is not awesome. And yeah. she truly is awesome. Like she is world, world-class awesome. And uh, yeah, so I, I think she's the strongest play for good reason. I, the nine to five is, yeah, I'm with you uh kevin that's that's wild i don't know what we're actually gonna get i mean do you have any speculation of what i mean do you think it's like is it sub even money i think it's four to five that's kind of what i was thinking and i think that's playable honestly and i i think i think it is a philly ticket on the boys so i think that'll kind of keep the price from going too far down but i think it's four to five and look i mean you kind of touched on it another big piece of this for me is and this is not disrespectful to some of these horses, what I'm about to say, but they're not in the same category as warm heart. Again, if she shows up and runs her best race, if she doesn't, then obviously the door is open. Right. But like, if you want to back web slinger to win, I mean, this horse is getting beat by silver, knot. you know, program training far up uh, trading. I should say far bridge. I'm sorry. Like those, those, if you're, if you can't beat those horses, you're not going to beat warm heart at her best. Like you're not, you're just not. And again, it's not a knock on web slinger. It's just, that's, that's what it is. Right. I mean, you go and you look through all these horses and like, you know, a, a tone got beat by like set piece, ancient Rome, never explained spooky channel. Like, come on folks. Like, I mean, that, that warm heart is just in a different level. Now you mentioned the three integration. I'll let you talk about him because you mentioned him, but that's one that hasn't lost. And that's one that has kind of killed some of those horses I just mentioned. So that one to me is the danger. Yeah. Has not lost, has not gotten close to losing Has ran at a mile 16th and mile and eight twice and has dusted them every t- single time is kind of just looked professional and, and, easy you know son of quality road out of a scat daddy uh mare this is a horse that's obviously super bred to go long and on the turf and so 
you know, Shane, trained by Shug, T-Gap gets back, gets back on the mountain, rode the horse on debut. Uh, yeah, integration is the, is the true wild card. Now, like, in, like, I, I do think the horse is going to need to be, like, somewhat of a, of a monster in order to beat Warm Heart, because I just think she is a different level of a horse. But if you're going to play against her, I mean, that's the only one I'm inter- interested in. Yeah, as far as on top, I mean, I, I'm going to have some backup tickets with integration. And I, again, I, I I just I don't think he's good enough, to be quite honest. But he has looked like, like you said, he, he's looked beast-like, you know. Um, but but you also, you got to look at him and go, okay, he broke his maiden at Colonial. Okay. Yeah. Like, he won the Virginia Derby at Colonial. Okay. I mean, that's a good race. I'm not knocking it, but it's still, it's it's a great three at Colonial Downs. And then he went up to Aqueduct in November and won the Hill Prince. Like those aren't exactly like world class races. They're good, and he did it easy. So I'm I'm not trying to knock him, but at the same time, I'm just trying to like point out he hasn't faced a horse like Warm Heart. And to be quite honest, he hasn't really faced a horse like uh, Masterpiece or King Max or Atone. You took the word. I was just about to say that. It's like he hasn't faced the horses yeah. that he's facing in this race if there wasn't a Warm Heart. Mm-hmm. Like if Warm Heart wasn't in the race, you would still, I mean, integration, obviously you'd be the be the favorite, but you would not be like, he, this is, you'd be like, this is a class test for him. We got to see what he's going to do, right? It's a million dollar grade one. The horse has been running, like you said, the Hill Prince, great. I mean, it's so yeah, he's winning it. But to your point, the the horses that we're saying just forget about it compared to Warm Heart are, are still kind of like, well, you know, like even a horse like Webslinger, it's like he's ran in a bunch of big time races, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still a test for integration. Well, and to be clear, because uh, Curtis says Suge takes the slow way to the top, though. To be very clear, I'm not knocking the the pattern, right? I, I get like. Shug's doing a great job. He's built the horse up the right way. I, I, but I'm all I'm saying is the question of, well, just how good is this horse has not really been answered. And like Jared said, again, if, if warm hearts not in the race, this is still a jump up for him and another test for him. Um, but that being said, he would definitely be my top pick if, if warm heart isn't in the race. So I do believe in him, but this is still another, another jump up for him. I guess we can kind of approach this a little bit like, uh, let's say, uh, you know, let's say Warm Heart doesn't doesn't fire or whatever. Because any like in like, because any per, any world where it's like she fires, none of these horses are be, are going to beat her. I really, I mean, pretty much can guarantee that. But in a world that maybe she doesn't fire or whatever, something happens or you know she get whatever. Like I, there's some interesting horses. Like let's say she's not in the race, and then we're talking about the three. The horse that I'd be interested in beating her or beating him um, is the 11 I, I, main event. This is mm-hmm. an interesting one for me from a pace standpoint. Loves uh, Gulfstream Park, loves this distance. George Weaver uh, trained. I, this is a horse to me that could try to take this thing a long ways. Yeah. I, I think over this Gulfstream Park turf course, that makes a ton of sense uh, if you want to look at this horse. Uh, I think the, I think the 11 wins the race. If the three and the nine don't really fire their bet. Well, let's just say the three maybe isn't as good as we think. And the nine doesn't fire her best race. 
who's really supposed to come get to the 11 if that's what happens. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if the, think about it, if the three, Hey, we've got him a little overrated. I'm not saying he is, but we obviously could be overrating him and the nine, Hey, too much travel. And she just got tired and didn't run very well. The horses then that are behind the 11, they don't really like to win a lot of races. So he all of a sudden is, is in the, the perfect spot to go steal it. I mean, it, again, like it's, it's very, like, it's really hard to imagine the 11 out there in front cruising. And, and I mean, that's not hard to imagine, but the, what is hard to imagine is neither the three or the nine can get to him. You know, that, that would be surprising. If, um, if, if the three and the nine are in range and they fire, they're going to get to the 11. I promise you. <laughs> But if they, you know, those are the two. Other than that, I wouldn't be really scared of anybody else. No, no. Um, anyone else that you want to, that you're interested in? I mean, again, like we're, you and I, are, I think are both on the same page in terms of warm heart. Like, I mean, the, the most logical, most probable winner of the card. But if someone doesn't want to play four to five, if that's what she goes off at mm-hmm. or, or is trying to mix up, plays or or pick fours and stuff like that like other than the three is there anyone that you're like super interested in other than you know we talked about the 11 yeah i thought masterpiece the eight horse was one you should take a look at i think you're going to get every bit of that price um this is a horse that you know another dutro trainee that joseph used to have and kind of dutro's got his hands on this horse and and we've been improving that last race at the redsmith was very good it's still a horse that's taken a step up though today, uh, but he's kind of one that, you know, I, I expect him to show up and run pretty big in this spot. He was seventh, you know, beaten three links last year in this race. So look, I, I think he's going to improve a little bit. I, I think he's got a shot. Like I, I would not leave off masterpiece. I think we got breaking news. Fierce oh, one two year old mill of the year. Thank you for that. Sweating that one out. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. Number nine, warm heart, uh, really exciting Philly. We both think, uh, she can win here and will win, uh, <clears throat> the Pegasus turf. All right, let's go to the main event of the day. Race 13, the Pegasus world cup. And they're off in the Pegasus world cup. Uh, it's grade one worth $3 million going a mile and eight, of course, for four-year-olds and up. Field of 12 looks to line up uh, for this one. Nine to five on national treasure versus seven to two on first mission. That's your headline. Those, you know, you know, one versus one, that's your headline, but there are plenty of other options to go in here. If you don't believe uh, in either one of those or, you know, what makes this race interesting. I felt, you know, you kind of going into it. You say, well, it's one of those two, you know, case closed. But what makes so the race so interesting is that if you if you believe that National Treasure is going to have difficulty getting the lead, and I think he will have difficulty getting the lead, that makes him incredibly vulnerable because look, he's he's been a horse that we've we've established this right. The only times he's he runs well is when he gets that easy lead. If he doesn't do it here, then he becomes tough to play, and first mission didn't exactly get you super jacked up last time out. Right. And so it's kind of makes it a very interesting, sneaky race to see something crazy happen. Yeah. I think you laid it out pretty well. And 
this is a this is one the more i looked at it the less i really was excited from a like having a strong opinion i'm excited for the race don't get me wrong and i've got a bet on it don't get me wrong but my strong opinion just kind of went down and down and down yeah. and the more you kind of look at it you're like this could be a little bit weird so yeah i mean if you wanted to start out with national treasure look for as many good things as you can say about the breeders cup dirt mile which was excellent it was fantastic. It's a race that if he brings it to this, he will win. Every other race on his form is not winning this race today or this race Saturday. I should say mm. none of them, the Preakness. No, like you know, none of them. However, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile race will win this race. So that is the big question mark. First question, Mark, will he be able to show up with that monster effort? And here's the, and here's the, the other, like, I'll just keep going through the, the issues that, that I have like this. And to be clear, this is like me, my, you know, inside of my brain going through this race is cause I kind of go into this thinking, well, it's Bob Baffert. We've seen this before. Bob, Bob Baffert brings one of his horses out that aren't really, isn't that good, but they, they win. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's, Bob Baffert and they, you know, you typically go gate to wire or something like that. Yep. And then you kind of go into it and you're like, okay, that's, that's probably the case here. <clears throat> but then he, he, you go like you go back and look and, and we talked about this horse all year really, but like the only times this horse runs well is when he gets the lead and the times that he's been pressured or the times that he's not able to actually make the lead because there's faster horses or, or it doesn't break well or whatever. It, it just doesn't happen. Like he, he simply does not look like anywhere near that same horse that he does when he has the lead. And the horse that's going to cause him the most issues is probably the four hoist the gold gold who has the inside draw on him and clearly has got speed. And, and, and then the, uh, the flip side is, okay, well, I'm a, I like him then, right? Yeah. Loose on the lead, but gosh, can he, can he go a mile and eighth? You know, is that, I, and then can he get, will he tire out face? It's so there's a lot of layers to this race that I did not really expect going into it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I think that's my kind of theory on it is this. It, if it's just hoist the gold and national treasures in second, I really don't think hoist the gold is going to bother him, but if it's hoist the gold and national treasures in second, and then you got another horse like Grand Aspen to his outside. That's when I think National Treasure is going to have some trouble. And, so, about, and I guess and what I'm trying to say one. is how about Skippy or Skippy Longstocking. But you know what? I don't really trust that horse to do anything like what he's supposed to do. So especially this outside, I'm not sure. But I, I do feel like, you know, they're like Grand Aspen, Hoist the Gold can get can mess with him. I think it's going to take two of them. To me, if National Treasure doesn't get the lead and it's Hoist the Gold, I think the whole field at that point is going to let Hoist the Gold go and say, hey, he's coming back. We don't need to pressure him. Don't even act like he's there. And we're running our own race behind him. I think that's how that will go, honestly. But the bottom line is, I think there's other speed there, too. And I think there's enough to bother National Treasure. Um and if that scenario happens, it becomes very wide open. It truly does. And and 
if first, if if that happens and first mission doesn't fire or even if he runs like he ran in the Clark, uh, which was good, great. I mean, you got a 102 buyer for the race. You got beat though. Um, it kind of opens the door for for several of these. And then you act you throw in the other, you know, the other part of it where it's like, well, if that if you do believe in some sort of pace kind of battle or whatever you you know, then it might set it up for a horse like you know, senior buscador or, or trademark, um, you know, horses that kind of do their best running late. And so it really starts to open up the doors for, and give these horses that I to be totally honest with you, when I went into handicapping it, I was like, well, obviously I'm not, I trademark has no shot in this race mm-hmm. and it's senior buscador. I cannot pick to win this race. You know what I mean? And Fair. the more you go into it, you're like, well, it's not like it would be that surprising if they did. No, not not really. I I, I think if you're going to handicap this, say you got to ask yourself three questions and then bat accordingly. The number one thing, if if you the number one thing you look at, if you think National Treasure, I'm not even going to say gets an easy lead. I'm just saying if you think National National Treasure gets an unbothered trip, where he's just kind of out there doing his home thing, cruising on the front end. If you think that's what's going to happen, you kind of got to pick National Treasure. And the stats just kind of show you. It's Gulfstream. You get on on the lead, or maybe you're second, but you're you're an unbothered second, and you got a speed horse that's going to fade on you. If that's the case, and you believe National Treasure is getting that trip, that's the pick. You don't have to go any further. If you believe that the pace is going to come back and National Treasure isn't going to get that trip, then the next question, do you believe in first mission? Do you think first mission is the real deal? Because if he is, he's going to win. If if the front runners come back, first mission is going to be sitting right behind him. He'll take over at the top of stretch, and he will have the trip that wins most of the time at Gulfstream, sitting right off the lead and then overcoming, uh, over overtaking those one or two in front of you at the top of the stretch and winning. That wins at Gulfstream on the dirt most of the time. The third question, if you say, no, I don't think first mission is, is legit, and I think National Treasure is going to get pressured, yeah. take your pick. Yeah. You can make a case for a lot of them. Trademark and Senior Buscador are two that I would make a strong case for. But yep. if you say no to National Treasure and no to First Mission, it's a it is wide open for you to get your price. And I think each of those three scenarios I laid out are about equal likely to happen. And I'll I'll, I'll even go further and say I I don't I think with if you are if you are playing that National Treasure and you you and I were talking about this earlier it's like National Treasure is the one that you either key on top or you leave off completely because I just don't there's you go you kind of look at his past performances as well it, it kind of indicates that he's not one that you know hangs around right I mean he did hang around in, in the in the uh, in the last race in the Dirt Mile but this of course is going mile and eight. Um, it tends to be like he's all or nothing. So he's either going to win and you, you got him keyed on top and that's great or don't even mess with putting him in second because I, I feel like he's going to fade, you know, and there's going to be, you know, horses like Senior Buscador or, or Trademark, uh, uh, you know, you know, Skippy or whoever, you know, you like to, to kind of run up there. I still feel like those are going to be options versus playing him in second and, and, and get a bigger price on, on those exactas and things like that. But yeah, I mean, First mission, it, it, this is, dude, I mean, this is your race first mission to win. Like, yeah. the race is going to set up perfectly. You draw, you're drawing outside of the speed, really, but you have tactical speed. You 
I mean, I don't know what more you could want. I mean, if you would have said first mission is going to get this set up four or five months ago, you said, sign me up. Right. He, he most likely, if it goes, how it kind of has drawn up, he's the one that really, he's not going to have any excuse. Now, again, it, it, how, how you kind of think it's going to go in your mind and how it actually goes is often two different things. But, you know, in my head, I sit here saying, okay, if three or four of them go out real fast, he can sit off of them and not get involved. If National Treasure gets loose, well, First Mission can move into position and at least make him honest, you know? So, yeah, I mean, he really has no excuse in this race. I'm with you. It's, it should set up pretty well. It does set up pretty well on paper. You know, I, I think another thing that I, I, I've just got to say, you know, handicapping these Baffert horses for, for over 15 years now, and I know you'll agree with this, a lot of times when you get into a race and there's a bunch of speed and Baffert has one with speed, the Baffert horse is in front and they don't come back. And, and you look at it and go, well, on paper, these three horses are just as fast as each other early and the Baffert horse is in front of those other two, Right. I would, and that's why I simply cannot leave National Treasure off any ticket because I've handicapped enough times to know sometimes Baffert horses will just go faster than everybody else and not come back. And if National Treasure does that, I'm not going to be shocked. It, a National Treasure gate to wire win will not, sh I mean, no, that's very likely, I would say. Yep. I mean, it's just as likely as him running off the board. Right. I think, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think it's really, it could be a 50, 50 thing and it won't surprise me one way or another, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, one, just a real quick, one of the recent horses that I can remember, and it happened this time last year, a year ago, Arabian night went to the Southwest and remember Corona bolt, who was a sprint horse that had great speed. Oh yeah. There were like four speed horses in the race. Yeah. And everybody was, I Arabian night. He's good. But there's no way he can do it. He won't be on the lead. All this stuff on and on and on. He's like three in front up the backside. That's what I'm telling people yeah. their speed. And then there are these Baffert horses. And sometimes it really just doesn't matter what it says on paper. If the Baffert horse has speed, he's going to get the lead. So anyway, go ahead. You talk about you, you by the way, Curtis, you talk about, um, yeah, exactly. You talk about just hating a horse. Like that was a moment where you're like, you're hopeful, you know. And as soon as that race went off, and you see where Corona Bold is, and you see where Arabian Nights at, and the tracks of mess, you're like, oh, this this is not good. This is really bad. It's, so you knew immediately with him. Um, by the way, Corona Bold did not look awesome on his return. Um, no, <laughs> I think he got last. Either. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, <laughs> But no, you're right. Uh, with National Treasure, it it you also wonder too sometimes with the with the 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 dynamics of the race. You know, is it one of those where it's like the jockeys know? Okay, obviously we know National Treasure's going. We're not going to screw up. Yeah, whatever. Hoist the gold's chances here by mm -hmm. doing that too. So let you know, it's Johnny V. It's it's Johnny V and Pratt. You know, they're gonna unlikely just go out there, bam, bam. You know you know, trying to push each other until they both go into the ground. So there is parts of that too. Sometimes that can be frustrating where it's like, well, on paper, he, all he wants to go to the lead and on paper he's faster, but he didn't, you know why, you know? So, um, I just, you look at, he's never flattered me. National treasure has never no. impressed me from a speed perspective. 
No. Yes, he's inherited the lead a few times, and that's obviously helped him. But it's never been one of those situations where you're like, oh, my gosh, he's out there blazing, and he held no. up. You know what I mean? It's like, no. oh, he ran. Look at the pre Preakness. You're in 48, 113. Like, he was just crawling out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like get, there's got to be a horse or two that can put pressure on him. You look at some of the races where National Treasure hasn't had the lead, like Scotland beat him to the lead in the Travers. Okay. Right? Like that, the, like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah, Rodney, where's that, where's that West Coast speed you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think like, like he couldn't beat Scotland to the lead in the Travers. Like you look at, you, you, you look at uh, the race, uh, the awesome again, just two races back. He couldn't beat, slow down Andy to the lead. Um, he couldn't beat celestial moon to the lead. Like he was behind these horses up the backstretch, like defunded was faster than him. So yeah, he's not exactly a burner. However, it's still a Baffert horse with speed at Gulfstream, And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets out in front of everybody who is a horse that is turned four now and is a horse that, Baffert has said all along he thought would be better mm-hmm. with age. Um, and so yeah, I mean, obviously certainly could could uh could prove us wrong as far as being a burner. Um, but okay, but who's another horse? You know, we talked we've talked about national treasure, we've talked about first mission, we've talked about kind of you know, if it's trademark or senior buscador. Do you really believe that it could be like you could do you, like is there, a, is there a scenario in your mind where you think it could be Senor Buscador who wins the grade one three million dollar Pegasus? No, I mean he just feels like the horse that even if it, it sets up for him, he's gonna get third or second. And, and you're gonna be like, Man, he ran so good, he should have done it. And then you look at all of his races and it's the same thing. Like it, it's it. Honestly, like if Senor Buscador, if you told me, hey, this time we're going to sit him mid-pack, and when they turn for home, he's still going to have that run, then I'd get excited. And I'd say, okay, he's got a big shot, a big shot. But here at Gulfstream, dead last, probably just going to come up and hit the board. That that would be my guess for him. At the end of the day, I don't 100% believe he can do it. There, uh, David wants to know, any consideration for Dynamic 1? No, none for me. I I think, I think there was a time where he looked like he was starting to kind of come back around and now he's kind of falling off again. I I do think if there is a pace meltdown, he could start to play a little bit of a factor in it, but I, I don't think so. Um, I, 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 for half a second, liked O'Connor in this race. And then I just, the more I was like, you know, the, the one big glaring thing was like, well, TGAF, you know, he chose to ride Skippy. So it, that to me, even though, and if you don't like, it's like Skippy is, we know what's kind of Skippy is. So O'Connor, that last race I thought was nice, but the fact that he's on, not on him was like, okay, no, I, I can't, I can't go there. Yeah. I think O'Connor, he is what he is. I just don't think he's this type. But again, if, if you if you melt down and those two favorites really aren't what we thought they were, then then he becomes a player like he's right there with the rest of these. And 
that's the thing. Like you take out the seven and the eight, these horses are going to split wins a lot, right? Like O'Connor, Senior Buscor, Trademark, ho- Hoist the Gold, Skippy, they could all win on that day. So, but Skippy is not for me, especially from the 12 hole. That is that is true, though. I mean, you look at his, his history, like he certainly has a race in him. At least he did. Skippy does. That he that could win this race, I think. I don't know where it is. I, I he could do it. I, I th- honestly, dude, the uh, the what was it? The Charlestown Classic wasn't he looked really good that day. He ran a 106 in the Harlan Holiday, uh, which was what gosh, that was early, I yeah. guess, a year ago. Yeah, um, he likes you know, he does like Gulfstream. I mean, he runs well there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like he would be the one, <laughs> he's the one though, dude, if he wins and you're just like, really, like. If that isn't a, a bow on this race, you know, for this year, I don't know what is. Skippy Longstocking winning the Pegasus. I I supported him in the Harlands Holiday, and I thought, okay, he's got a big chance in the Pegasus, and he didn't shit. He he did come back win the Challenger Tampa. That was nothing, you know. Ben Ali didn't run very well. And then he went up to the horse Cornhusker, and he had the whole length of the stretch to catch Giant Game, and he couldn't. And I said, you know, I'm done. So <laughs> you can have him. Um, I I don't. Again, if the two big favorites don't really fire, then I do think he's into the equation, but I I don't realistically think he's going to win this race. All right, so your final pick is? Yeah, I'm going to go number eight, first mission. I, I just feel like he is going to sit that trip. I think, you know, this is a horse that third off the form cycle here is going to run awfully well. You looked at his third race of his career, which was the third race in the form cycle, obviously that time. It was his best. He did beat a Bob Baffert loose on the lead horse that day, an Arabian Lion. And look, at the time, Arabian Lion uh, was was kind of coming on, and he was able to beat him. He didn't really come back and look all that great. I thought he ran much better in the Clark. I think if he takes another step up, he's going to win. So number eight, first mission for me. Yep. I, uh, I'm i kind of there with you. I, you know, to be honest, I, I, uh, I'm i hesitant with him because I don't trust him completely. But I do know that that Cox is at, they've pointed towards this race with him, uh, at least the last half of the year, uh, last year. And they, so, you know, knowing what they have. And so I know they like him going into this one. I, I honestly, I'll be totally, I, I went into it planning and I even texted you this morning. I was like, I think national treasure might be, you know, really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And the more I looked into it, you know, I thought I, it, you know, I think the pace situation is going to compromise them. Am I going to be surprised if national treasure rolls? No, I will not, but I'm gonna try to beat them. And I think the horse to beat them with is number eight first mission, uh, to win the Pegasus world cup. <laughs> Rodney, you're so confrontational on here. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I, I said on magic, Mike, find somebody that loves, uh, loves national treasure or loves you like Rodney loves national treasure. And then I said, actually don't, because it's become like crazy stalker ex-girlfriend type love. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's, 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 it's crazy. And like I've sat here and said, Rodney for, I don't know how many hours I've been on the air. I'm using him in everything I've got. So if he wins great, it means I win, but yeah, I did go against him as far as who I picked on top. And then it's okay. It's going to be fine. Like, everything's going to be fine. If he wins, everything's fine. If he loses, everything's fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> no, if you if you don't pick him, you're stupid. I know. I know. It's crazy. He's gone crazy. 
So what is uh, anybody any news? Uh, what's what's any breaking news going on in the Eclipse Awards? Has uh, has anybody won anything surprisingly? To I don't know. Someone fill me in. I'm not watching. So yeah, is, is I have the, not watched it either. Brittany's still there. <laughs> what is it? What, what is like? What what question do you ask? Oh, are you going to take a cranked up Cox horse or Baffert? Give me Baffert any day. That's what you want me to ask. Look, these are two of the biggest juicers in the game. They both use the same shit and. I'm not scared of, uh, of, I mean, I'm scared of either one of them because they, they, they definitely can get them cranked up. They've won their fair share of big races, both these guys in the past. So I mean, what, to me, they're on equal footing when it comes to who's going to have them cranked the most. That's, that's it, the question. Shoddy says they're the dropped so. four <laughs> F bombs. Is this, is it, are you being, are you being funny shoddy? Is that real? Cause that's amazing. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, she just, she posted Twitter. Perfect. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's our commissioner. So <laughs> right. that's, yeah. that's our commissioner. Come on. He's giving us a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racedudes.com for our free picks. And, of course, uh, our premium selections and our uh, Pegasus betting Bible available right now at racingdudes.com. So if you want to know exactly how you know we've given, your, given you our top plays for the three Pegasus races, of course, there's a huge card, but if you want to know exactly how we're actually going to bet each and every race, make sure you go get the betting Bible at racingdudes.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So you can find us on all those places. You can find all episodes of blinkers off uh, pretty much on any audio platform. You listen to podcasts. We are there. The magic Mike show is there as well. And due to bet. So you've got dudes, bet sports to uh, NFL championship, Obviously, this weekend, uh, their picks for that Halterman and his dad, and then the Magic Mike show did more Goldstream action. The late or the uh, the pick five at Goldstream Park. So, if you want more picks um, from the guys over at the Magic Mike show, make sure you uh, look for them on all the same platforms you find us here on Blinkers Off. Uh, go make sure you go to our YouTube page if you're if you are watching this live. We appreciate it. Make sure you like it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done that, uh, what are you waiting for? And go head on over there. we got more videos uh, that relate to the Pegasus that are available right now for free. Uh, all right. I had, I did not listen. Don't get mad. Um, okay. To you guys, you and your dad. So who did you pick in the games this weekend and why? Um, I took the Chiefs because I... I... <laughs> I'm not just gonna, I'm not going to go against them as an underdog. I, I just feel like until somebody beats them, like I, I just don't believe the Ravens can. So I went with the Chiefs, um, but I wouldn't be surprised either way on that one. And then I went with uh, I went with the 49ers. I I'm a little bit more worried about that one, honestly. I, they 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 kind of looked vulnerable, but at the same time they did kind of pick up the win and they they were able to survive. Might play a little better this week. So I went uh, Chiefs and 49ers. Boy, that I mean, it'll be hard to match last weekend as far as the games. It was the games across the board were unbelievable. And I mean, yep. 49ers damn near lost that game. Uh, probably should have in a lot of ways, but they did not. Um, I'm going, I mean, that's going to, they're both going to be great games. 49ers for me. Uh, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go 49ers Chiefs. Um, listen, I, I think it, you know, I'm obviously biased, but the, and I said it last week and you kind of rolled your eyes, but the chiefs are starting to just get into that championship way. And they're not as good. I don't, I don't feel like they're as good as some of those teams that have won the super bowl, but they just know how to win 
these kind of games. And they they showed it against the Dolphins. They showed it against the Bills. Um, and they just kind of have that swag back a little bit. They're not as impressive as, as they were in those other Super Bowl runs, in my opinion, but they're getting the job done. I did you see this though? That the there is a like supposedly it's like, and again, it, we do this in racing, right? We don't, I'm not going to worry too much about it until like Saturday, but supposedly it's supposed to rain, like for sure going to rain the whole game of the Chiefs Ravens game. Hmm. Um, like rain, rain, not just you know, crappy weather. So I don't know if that what kind of you know, if that changes stuff, but it does make the game a little more interesting if that's the case. Um, but I'm with you. I love Lamar and he probably deserves to be, he doesn't probably, he deserves to be the MVP this year, but just, I kind of in the same way with, with, with what I am with Josh Allen. It's like, until I see it, I I just, he's going to have, you know, you got to go through the chiefs and you got to go through Mahomes, and I don't think he can match up. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at too. And I got to be honest. I thought, like, people are all over the kicker in Buffalo. The biggest choke job was Josh Allen uh, on on uh, Sunday night. The biggest choke job was Josh Allen on Sunday night. This guy tries to fumble the ball away on the last drive. Chiefs wouldn't take it. And then it never should have came to a field goal. He had digs across the middle of the field. It would have been about a 25-yard gain and put him first in goal, and he didn't throw it to him. And then he missed another pass that was going to be a touchdown, and he just missed it. He totally choked on the last drive. You could literally see it happening. He froze up. And, you know, yeah, sure, blame the kicker, by the way. The Chiefs still would have won the game, even if the kicker makes it. I really believe that. But still, Josh Allen had a chance to run out all the time, score with hardly any time on the clock, and be the hero. And he choked. Now we go to this week. Lamar got that playoff win, and that was, hey, they were in a little trouble at the half. They weren't looking great, and they looked great second half. Yeah. But here it is. This is the guy you got to beat, right? And sure, you beat Stroud and the Texans, and Stroud's a great player, going to be even better, but he's a rookie. You got to beat the man this week. And look, I think this Ravens team as a team, I think they're better than Kansas City, but do can they actually beat them? That's the question. And I think it's no. I really think if the game is close, the Ravens aren't going to win. If the game is a 10-point game, 10-plus point game, I think it means the Ravens were just a lot better, and they beat them easily. But if that game gets tight, I don't want anything to do with the Ravens. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is the, he's, he, I don't know, and I don't even know if it's his fault, if it's a combination of his fault and the and the coaching, but something happened happens in all of them, right? But it, it's like because they were like dominating the game, like possession, uh, plays ran, like first, like they were just running through us, and then they, they when they you start running now that they do like a fake punt, and they well, yeah. bizarre. And then you do the um, they, they turn he starts turning this hero ball type stuff where he's mm-hmm. chucking the ball and of course there are some drops right the, the wide receivers had some drops digs dropped one that probably should have been caught but still like like you mentioned in that last drive especially it's like this hero ball stuff it's all him you know instead of doing the things they got him and you know like 
he starts chucking the ball and making these. I mean, he tried. You said they tried twice, tried to give it away on that drive. Yep. And uh, yeah, they just. I don't know. It's a it, he. It's got to be frustrating to be a Bills fan because well, you and, had us right where you wanted us. We ha- we were at home, your home, and and you were running the ball right down our throats, and still found a way to win. I I really, and I get it. I sit I sit home on the couch. It's easy to see things, but it's like when you've got your number one receiver running across the middle of the field and there's nobody within 20 yards of him and you don't throw him the ball. I mean that, and you try to make some crazy pass towards the end zone. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, and even as bad as Romo is, who's the worst I've ever heard. I, I I can't, I, I, we talked about it. I listened to the game. I, I, I have the game on mute now when he's on, he's just so it's, it is, I can't believe how bad he is. He's the worst I've ever heard. But anyway, <laughs> he's like freezing the play and you, I, I didn't have the sound on, but he's circling. Look at this. You know, I'm sure he was saying that. So even that idiot saw it and it's just like, you can't, you just can't, you can't do that kind of stuff. When you're a big time player, you that's just an easy play. You got to take it. I'm not one to, I typically like to listen to, even if I don't necessarily love the analyst or whatever, just because I like to like be able to hear the game. Right. Um, but now I had to turn it off. I had to mute it. I mean, I turned it as low as I could and turn music on just so I could like just because it was, it became so bad. And I used to like Romo. Like I used to like, I didn't only, I'll say this. I didn't hate his calls and I could, it was unwatchable. It truly was unwatchable. Like first quarter into the first quarter, boy, Chiefs are in trouble here, guys. This is this is this is the game. This is the game here. And you're like, dude, it's just you're so dramatic. Yeah. And it was just, it's just any, any, any a fumble will happen. And he'll he'll try to predict. Yeah, like he tries to predict like all the time. Like, That's a fumble. That's a fumble, fumble, Jim. It's like, no, it's not. It wasn't. And he goes back. Oh, I, I thought it was, you know, and it's just, it's just. I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to watch. And Jim even is like, I, I, he's good, but he's a good, like, he's a good call guy, but I don't know if it's being with, with Romo, but it like, it's, it's made him worse too. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's funny is I mean, you, we all hear the voice right, right now. Yes. It's like nails on a chalkboard reading what Kevin B just wrote there. Yeah. yeah it's it. I swear. I swear. And I, I, I'm being very like dramatic when I say this. It's it's embarrassing how bad he is. It's literally embarrassing. And now there's Curtis is so right. He had when he first that first like big game he called, he got lucky and called a player to right. He's never done it again his whole career, but he thinks he is some kind of savant now because yeah, that happened yeah. and everybody blew up. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a really I've never really thought of that comparison and that is a good comparison. Tony Romo is just refined Pat McAfee. But that's it. but but there's a difference because he's not calling games, right? Well, there's there's two differences. He's not calling games is number 1 far and away. Number 2, McAfee knows who he is. McAfee understands He's more there for entertaining. Like exactly. he doesn't try to be the smartest guy in the room. So I can stand it because he's kind of the clown, but he play he knows he's the clown, right? Right. right. Romo is the clown, 
but he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And those are the worst people in the world. And we all know people like that. Right. Truly. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's kind of what, I, you know, like it's, it's because of the, where the, he, McAfee knows what he's doing and he knows what his audience is and knows how to, you know what I mean? Like he's great because he knows his, where he's, where he's aiming at. Whereas you're almost thinks he's aiming here, but it's hitting right way down here. Yeah. I've never heard somebody say, wow, that, you know, that Romo call was awesome. <laughs> it's yeah, it's bad. It's uh, so yeah, I had to mute it. Yeah. I, you know, I, you think by now as Chiefs fans would be used to these games, but I'm not still just, they're just, uh, they're impossible to watch. Well, when he came on, I was like, Oh God, really? Yeah. This fucking idiot is going to be on this game. Cause that was one, no matter if you're a Chiefs fan or a Bills fan or not, that was what everybody was looking forward to. Right. I mean, that's the game and it, it was a great game. And it's just like, Oh, and it's like mid first quarter. And I'm just like, I can't do it. But I really don't want to watch this football game with no sound, but it's like, it's ruining the game for me. So it sucked. Yeah. So the question, I had a question for you. I wanted to ask. Okay. Um, and you know, you, you have been, you're, well, for one, you're fair, you know, pretty much unbiased when it comes to NFL, you don't really have an NFL team. Right. So you're able to kind of just watch it as a true fan and not have that bias of, you know, whatever. So, mm -hmm. and you've been very critical probably uh, you know understandably so of the nfl this year as far as the play and how pathetic it's been and how bad the teams are i thought last weekend was unbelievably good football just oh. and, and i don't know maybe entertaining at the very least so where do you stand with that where I, are you I, at with the nfl did you did it live up to what you like for what i thought it was last weekend I totally agree with what you just said. I, I thought the games last weekend were fantastic. And so what I could kind of derive from that and, and kind of my view on it, we are, we are in a situation where the, where the teams that are good are good. Like those top eight teams, six teams, however many you want to include in there, but the drop off is dramatic after that, you know, and and even like the first week of the NFL playoffs, I thought this is this is not good. These this is we had maybe one entertaining game, and the rest of these were trash. You know, last week you saw better play for sure. So maybe it was a situation where we're just kind of top heavy this year. Yeah, because even like the Chiefs Dolphins game was really bad. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. The and dude, the Tampa Philadelphia game, yeah, was awful. That Philadelphia team, it's like, have you guys played football ever? It was awful. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, I don't, I, I can't begin to understand some of the, like, you know, some of the, like, okay. Any, other Chiefs fans were just like, we just don't, I don't understand. Pacheco runs right down the, but this is what they do. This is what, this is the problem with the Chiefs is they do this shit where they get themselves they give these other teams chances in all these games. Like you're running the ball so well, Pacheco running down. I mean, you get this huge turn in the game by, you know, stopping a, a fake punt. You drive down to the, whatever it was five yard line or wherever they were. I don't remember what, what exactly they're at, but, and you run a McCole Hardman who wasn't even on the team 
to start mm-hmm. the year is just it's just insanity. So, but here's what I'll say: I don't think that's bad football. It's bad play calling, right? Just no, like yeah, the fake, just like it. the fake punt the Bills ran. That's not bad football. That's terrible play calling. Terrible. Yeah. Bad football to me is when you watch a football team and they are fucking helpless, like the Eagles, or they're just. You watch them and you go, they're they're no good in any area. They're, they're hardly watchable. When you watch the Bills and the Chiefs, as flawed as they are in some areas, they look like a real football team. Yeah, they make bad play calls, or maybe there's a bad play here and there. But you watch them and go, that's two good teams. Those are two teams that I can stand to watch. Yeah. You watch some of these other teams all year. You can't watch them. It's not. It's not something that needs to be on television, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this, and obviously, I'm hoping that it's my Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl again. But even if it's not, no matter what outcome we have out of the four teams left, it's go- it should be a damn good Super Bowl. I think we've got the four best teams, kind of all year, pretty much all year. Right, you know that that are in the top four. Like, there's not really a team. Maybe the Dolphins, but obviously they faltered late in the season, anyways. But like, they're you know the Ravens were dominant most of the year. The 49ers obviously have been dominant. The Lions, the Chiefs, right? You know, mm-hmm. Super Bowl champions. So it's like, I kind of think we got the best of the bunch, and you know, I think we'll see you know four, three more good games uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. The two best regular season teams, San Francisco and Baltimore, they still have a chance to make it. The best quarterback, Mahomes, who's, I mean, that's obviously, you want the best quarterbacks in the big games. He's obviously still got a chance to make it. And the best story, bar none without any doubt, the Lions making the Super Bowl is still a possibility. So any of them advance against anybody, it's not going to, like, Lions against Chiefs or Ravens, it doesn't matter. It's the Lions in the Super Bowl. What a story. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs against Lions or, or Niners. It doesn't matter. It's Mahomes against the Lions or, you know, the, the 49ers be amazing. Ravens, same thing. So that's I'm, I'm with you. I think there'll be two great games again this weekend, and I think it'll be a great Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and isn't it funny, too, like Shadi mentions playoff mode? Like, it's is it from obviously you have two, and I, I've watched every, I've you know, with a fine tooth comb, I've watched every Chiefs play all season and it's just like the switch was has been turned right it's just even you watch kelsey kelsey was bad all year he was not good like dropping you know and he's like he's like oh that oh yeah i remember him that's the kelsey that i used to mvs was making catches yeah on 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 sunday or whenever that was saturday sunday it's like oh where's this been all year you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me how these guys, you know, these teams, you know, and that's like the caliber, right? Of these level of teams. You talked about the difference of teams mm-hmm. of, of like the quality and then kind of like they're, do you watch the lions play and forget the fact that the lions have not been to super bowl. They look like they believe they're 100%. going to the super bowl. And, and you know that because they've been in situations in both games where they easily could have crumbled. Like I thought Tampa kind of had them a little bit on the ropes and they beat the shit out of them. I thought the Rams definitely had them on the ropes. They were able to beat them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that you've seen it, they've answered that call with the chiefs, the, the win against the dolphins, the Do- I put the dolphins in the category as they're a disaster. Like, I don't think they're yeah, any good, sure but last week 
that is how the Chiefs can beat the Raiders. Like they looked the best they've looked by far last week. Talking about the Chiefs. So it's a tougher test against the Ravens. I think they're better overall. But again, if they can come out with that kind of game, they can beat them. All right. Big weekend ahead, boys and girls. We've got football. We've got the Pegasus, of course. And then not don't, you know, don't rest too much because next weekend we'll be back at it with Derby preps galore. <laughs> but we got 14 Derby preps next weekend, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We do have four, so close. <laughs> uh I'll cry. I mean, yeah, and, and you know, the Southwest obviously supposed to be this weekend, you know, with the, with they moved everything back, which kind of worked out great, right? Because now you don't have to worry about the Southwest being ran on the same day as a Pegasus and we have just a Derby prep, um, you know, and to me, I, and we say this a lot, I feel like at least I do where it's like, to me, I always feel like the Pegasus is kind of the, the entry point for what, you know, of to the Derby preps. I know, I know there's been Derby preps, but this is like after the Pegasus, we get into February and it's just like, we'll see in May. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. Lots to yep. come. See who wins Pegasus races this weekend, and then we'll. Uh, oh, and by the way, there's a couple, de- you know, three year old races uh, on the Pegasus undercard, and, and we. It's like every year, right? It feels like clockwork where we have one at least. One, you know, Mage came out of that. Uh, yep. Scroll did not pan out well, but you always seem like you have one of those horses that turns out to at least be on the the hype horse because you have all the eyes right watching. You know, the Pegasus and and the undercard and stuff. So stay tuned for the whole card. Obviously, we have picks for everything. Oh man. Any final thoughts? Yeah, no, not really. I, I think, uh, that whole card is just going to be awesome. There's, there's lots of races that are completely wide open. And then there's some races like a couple we went over where you can kind of narrow it down. So I, I think by, uh, first part of the card is going to pay a lot. We might get some of that chalk back the second half of the card. We might not. So we'll see, but it's, it's definitely the best card of the year. No question. Kevin, I don't know what I mean. Come on, we're we're we got, we have some points. Our Philly is has accrued some points. We drive. What do I? What is I want to ask Kevin real quick? What does Kevin think of the of the drop? Are you even familiar with the the drop and the claim? It looks to me, it feels like a pretty good claim, but uh, it has put us into the negatives. Um, we had t- uh, we had minus ten now, but it is going to set us up because the Philly was not going to do it. So um, she got us. She did her job. That was like, remember that oh, Kevin probably forgot this. This was the, the plan all along draft a Philly, get the five, use it to claim someone else. I don't know why he's complaining. <laughs> I'm not familiar. <laughs> See, you can't, you can't bitch about it, Kevin, and not know that your team claimed a horse. Who did I claim? What was the name of that horse? <laughs> Who did you claim? I don't even remember. Conquest. Oh, uh, Conquest Typhoon. Conquest Warrior. Didn't oh, you? yeah. Yeah. Conquest yeah. Warrior. There you go. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Conquest Warrior, uh, who got destroyed by El Capi, but El Capi was highly regarded, but he's off of the trail now. But still, yeah. we've got the, we've basically got the best horse now. So <laughs> I, uh, stay tuned. There you go. Okay. I wonder if El Capi's back for like, um, the like the Woody Stevens or something, you know, like that would be a good race for him, probably. Yeah, what it well, I, I, all I saw was shin, shin issues. So, yeah, I said he's going to be off for a couple months. So, which of you, course, you, know, you, you kind of were preparing yourself for that because you knew obviously he hadn't been working. And you know. oh, yeah, yeah, like, like Ryan called me, he's like, Yeah, so Cappy's going to be good. I was like, Ryan, that horse is so hurt, it's unbelievable. Like, you don't skip a race and then work once in a month. And then they interview the guys like, Oh, he's fine. It's like, no, he's not. He's yeah. hurt. So I was ready for that. <laughs> yeah. El yeah. Cappy is out. And Curtis, 
you would have saw this if you uh, would join the Discord. Okay, go join the Discord. He's in the Discord. <laughs> well, well, then I don't have an excuse for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we can only, yeah. You know, what is, what is the saying you say, Halterman? We can only do so much, right? No, lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's why I tell Shoddy all the time. <laughs> Shotty's live in the last leg and she didn't use the top pick. And I'm like, what the hell? And the top pick wins. It's like, Shotty, like, why, why do you follow? Like, why are you a subscriber? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, she just likes to give us like, you know, be like, Hey, I'm helping you guys out by, you know, purchasing your stuff, but I'm not going to look at it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, there's $800 you just missed out on last weekend. You know, it's like, just add the top pick. It's, you know, you didn't even have to subscribe. You got that for free. So. <laughs> oh, I'll, you know what? Maybe I need to join the discord, Curtis. Maybe that's the issue. I, I, I try to get on there occasionally and then it's like, okay, I got to get off here. It's so, but Hey, join the discord. It's super fun. All kidding aside. We got all kinds. Every time I get on, there's a new fucking category added. So they got all kinds of uh, categories to talk about in there. So if you want to, blow off some steam or talk about some, you know, obviously as the Derby trail gets going here in the next few months, we will be all about it uh, over there in the discord. So if you want to know, uh, you know, we have a link at the bottom of our, our, our site or you can go to any of our social pages and uh, hit that link tree in our, in our uh, bio there and you can access the discord. All right, guys, until next time uh, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck to uh, all your betting interests in uh, the NFL playoffs. And of course, good luck in the Pegasus. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the racing dudes.